Hey friends, welcome to another episode of Forging the Path. This is a podcast that's all about helping men become the kind of men that God created us to be. My name is Adam, and I'm excited to sit down with my friend Dan today. We're going to be talking about mental and emotional health. So get ready uh, for some practical takeaways. The, The reason we're doing this, this particular subject, is because I think this is a topic that men in particular struggle with deeply in our in our society and in our world especially right now we are you know masculinity is under attack we're we're confusing gender we're confusing sexuality we're we're just confused in general but there's still this undertone of well men men just got to man up about emotional stuff you know we're either encouraged to be super super weak and lead with our feelings, or we're encouraged the other extreme to just bottle them up and never talk about it. Neither of those options uh, are a healthy way forward, and they're not modeled in the person of Jesus. So here we go. Dan, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Adam. It's good to be here. <laughs> Dan and I met at church. Dan, it, Dan, I'm going to let you share some of your story, actually, especially, I mean, give us give us like a five-minute version of, of your testimony, but feel free to especially touch on the parts that pertain to mental and emotional health. Yeah, cool. Uh, I appreciate this opportunity to share it. Uh, it's something I'm very passionate about, something that I've experienced. And, you know, I, I didn't have a lot of background knowledge about this topic uh, growing up. I didn't really know anything about it personally up until my college years. And so that's that's really when it all began. I mean, I can looking back now at my childhood growing up i can see a lot of those types of symptoms that could have indicated maybe i would have a you know a proclivity towards struggling with mental health whatever it is but again i wasn't aware of it and so i got to college and i believe it was my sophomore year actually that there was it just hit me out of nowhere. It's 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 weird to describe and think about, but I remember one day just some really weird, anxious thoughts came into my head, and um, I ended up really, I guess, getting obsessed with that thought. <laughs> to give you a little preview, um, and it it started to it started to really progress that type of thinking of what was going on in my head. And I started to spend a lot of time thinking about those thoughts, trying to get rid of those thoughts, uh, trying to, you know, change how I was feeling, et cetera. Mm. So much so that it it actually was just getting worse because I was trying to change it. And so from there on, for about a, a two to three month period, I am wrestling with what I didn't know at the time was just a lot of serious anxiety. And so I, I specifically remember some days just waking up in the morning and within just a minute or two even, uh, I would remember what the day was like previously and I'd get stuck on that anxious thought again. And so those anxious thoughts would, would stick with me all throughout the day. Uh, and so I'm feeling, I'm feeling anxiety uh, and obsessive thinking for <laughs> what almost felt like a 12-hour day. Obviously, when I'm socializing or doing school, whatever, you know, there are some breaks, there's some relief, um, but it's kind of sticking around. And so it got to a point in that period where I was just looking forward to going to bed every night because that was my one break from what I was going through. Mm. And so 
you know, as, as a Christian, for me, this was really hard <clears throat> to understand what was happening. Um, it, it's hard for anyone, whether you're a Christian or not. I mean, these experiences are confusing. But for me, it was like, you know, where is God in this? Because uh, I'm struggling with something that I can't make sense of. Um, so w- where's the help? And I, I specifically remember speak, praying that one evening. This was this was probably even a pivotal moment in my journey that I still remember today and think often about was I was just so frustrated with the amount of anxiety and uh, obsessive thinking and, and compulsions that I was doing that I, I looked up to God and I, I prayed a really honest prayer. And I said, God, if you have all the power in heaven to heal this, why can't you? And I'm sure some other people have felt that way before with whatever they've gone through. Um, but I remember after praying that, it was almost like I, <laughs> I I knew the answer and and I knew God was there and he was watching. I just couldn't understand why I was being allowed this. And so kind of fast forward as I'm still struggling with this, I remember I remember one day reading scripture and reading in James, uh, James 1, it says, any of you lack wisdom, uh, let him ask God who gives it to you generously. And so here I am, you know, a few months still dealing with something that I'm also not really talking to anybody about. If anybody, I think I only shared it with my mom who was a supportive, empathetic person. Uh, but she also didn't have the answers either for what I was going through. Um, but so I, I asked God and I took him up on that command and that promise that God is a generous God who gives wisdom. And so I asked God, what is this? What, what am I dealing with? <laughs> and for whatever reason, later that evening, I thought to Google anxiety disorders. I don't know why. Um, again, I, I didn't even know, like, I didn't have a name for this experience of, of anxiety, like, but I did. How long ago was this? Your sophomore year in college sophomore is when I first started. So how yeah. many years ago? So this could have been like anywhere from six to eight years. <laughs> okay. I don't know the math offhand, but, yeah. um, yeah. So yeah, so I'm, uh, I'm reading that verse. I'm praying that prayer. I, I, I go to Google. Google's great <laughs> for a lot of things. And, uh, yeah, I, I click on whatever link I saw and it showed a list of, of anxiety disorders. And as I'm scanning around the list, I see the phrase obsessive compulsive disorder. I think I just clicked on it just to see. I'm reading the symptoms. It's describing exactly what I'm going through. And for the first time, I have a moment of clarity of, holy cow, this makes sense. I'm not going crazy. Like th- there's a thing for this that people experience. Yeah. And so that kind of set the course for a lot of uh, learning and education after that in the, in the immediate of let me read about this disorder. Let me see what I'm experiencing. But even in spite of all that education, you know, I'm still dealing with it. And so it just goes to show that you can learn all you want, but you still have to put in the practice to, to get through what you're struggling with. And so, um, eventually, you know, in my house, I eventually told my family what was going on and, my mom was even praying for me that we would find help. We didn't know where to go because, yeah, we, we it, it's hard to find help for this type of stuff, especially in the day that I was in. Um, but we found this uh, Christian counselor who treats obsessive compulsive disorder. He's written a few different books on it. Um, and 
we took a chance and we tried this guy. Uh, he, he was one of the most helpful, gentle voices I could hear. And he talked just a lot about his own experiences with OCD as a Christian and how God used uh, Martin Luther and John Bunyan, some of those famous reformers and uh, Christians of old, really, that if you look at the literature of them talking, you can see it, probably a correlation between what looks like obsessive compulsive thinking. Obviously, we don't know for sure, but um, that provided a lot of comfort. And mm. I should also add some context, too, that during this period, I had just signed up for serving at a camp that future summer. So this was all taking place like in the winter and spring before I go to camp as a counselor. And uh, so that did a lot of, uh, added a lot of like fear and insecurity and doubt for me. And I remember sharing with my counselor, there's, there's no way I have the strength and ability to go to camp this summer and help people when I'm like this, man, there's, there's nothing I can do to serve. And he said, Dan, you're going to go to camp this summer, whether you like it or not. Uh, we are not going to let our fears control our choices. Nice. And that stuck with me, Yeah, really stuck with me. And I remember thinking my only mission, I'm going to go to camp and my mission will be if there's one kid that is going through a similar issue that I can help, this is all going to have been worth it. it I, I can translate this thing into a purpose. I can give meaning to it. Yeah. Um, and so I get there, I get to training camp at, at camp that summer I'm getting to know the staff and I find out so much of the staff even has mental health and emotional health issues, uh, a few of them with obsessive compulsive disorder. I, I was just so relieved by God's kindness to place me in that community. And then as the summer went, you know, went forward, I guess, uh, every week I had at least one kid that was dealing with something that I got to speak into. Uh, a lot of kids without hope. A lot of uh, kids that are suicidal, depressed, anxious, kids battling ADHD, all, all sorts of issues on the the mental health spectrum. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it was it was a gift. I, yeah, God spoke through me and used that whole experience and made it completely turned it around. And I w- I'll actually say that in that summer, in that service of of being there for kids all day, really. Uh, I virtually had none of those symptoms I had been experiencing all year previously. And and even when I got back from camp, a lot of it went away for a while. Wow. Now, since then, it still comes up on and off in my life. But I I learned a powerful lesson back then. And I I would have to attribute that service is really good (laughs) for your mental health, serving people. Oh, yeah. Um, And so that's, yeah, that's a little brief about what I've experienced. And I've learned some more. I mean, I'm still dealing with some of this stuff. And I've learned some more issues that... Uh, I get plagued by, but overall, um, it's it's been a it's been a a hard and good journey at the same time. Yeah, wow. So this is uh, this is relatively new for you in terms of realizing that like you got a name for it. OCD. Yeah. This is you said about six years ago. Yeah. Okay, maybe eight. And uh, I love and appreciate your realization that service, serving others, service to others, is one aspect of of the healing that people yeah. can experience for mental health yep. issues yeah that's brilliant and that's something you'll learn in any you know modern psychology or from therapists the goal is to get you out of your head and out of your experience and that you get a lot of natural joy uh, and motivation from just like serving people like it's yeah. just not even like a uniquely christian idea at all yeah that's awesome i'm going to give a shout out to uh, tim tebow 
mm. famous because yeah. he he actually has this prescription for people. Uh, he had some accountability friends who would do this with him. I don't know if he struggled with what you struggle with, but I do know with his football career when he would get into a slump when he would have a few losses one after another and he'd be getting in his head about it he had some brothers in christ that would say time to go serve somebody Mm. like find the nearest soup kitchen put on an apron go listen to their stories go sit with them go eat with them go get to know them it will do wonders for your headspace uh so that that's really cool that you realize that in your own way too yeah it was awesome Awesome. So I know I know you're you're not you know a clinical expert on this as you said, but can you give us um, some some an overview, maybe a quick overview, some of the most common mental health issues that men face, um, and what are the factors that maybe you see that contribute to men's mental health issues? I think what gives you a little bit of a voice in this is not only that you've battled through this uh, in your own life. But you also work at a place that yeah. specializes in some mental health, don't yeah. you? Yes. Yeah, I yeah. work for a company. It's called Rehab Path. And uh, our goal is to be uh, an easy place to find treatment, basically, for yeah. mental health or addiction. For the, for the entire recovery journey, we want to support people. Yeah. And so, yeah, I've, I've, I work with a lot of people who have also experienced uh, these issues as well. Yeah. So that's I, I know you're no you know, psychologist or doctor, but don't discount yourself too much. I think yeah. you have a, a, a you're great resources to share with us. So what, what do you think about that? You know, the common mental health issues today, what factors are contributing to them? Yeah. Now, I think there's a lot of overlap between what men and women experience, but there are, uh, and, and even how they experience them, I would say that maybe that's where a little bit more of the difference is. Um, but when it comes to men and mental health, even just from some of my own reading, uh, some, some big issues that we face ADHD, ADD. I mean, I, I even remember serving at a camp, like there was probably at least one or two kids that was dealing with that every single time. And so for whatever reason, um, that plagues us, uh, depression, suicidality. I know there's a lot of talk even today, just, uh, a lot of modern speakers in general are, are talking about the lack of hopeless, the hopelessness, the lack of purpose, uh, that men experience and the lack of friendship. And so uh, a lot of men struggle with depression that leads them to suicidal thinking as well. And so uh, I see and recognize those people uh, and that's a hard burden to bear. Uh, Just anxiety in general, anxiety disorders. I think, man, I've heard some crazy stats. I think even like 40% of the population, if someone is reading online, you can tell me if I'm wrong there, uh, has experienced anxiety or anxiety disorders. Um, Yeah, I may have gotten that stat wrong, but uh, PTSD, again, that's that's another common one with men, whether it's from war or an abusive home uh, or an unstable home in general. Man, so many, there's so many things that influence that. And then substance use disorders. Oftentimes, any struggle with addiction also coincides with a mental health disorder uh, or, or trauma in your past. And so you can see that when we're mentally and physically unwell, we could also turn to a substances that we get latched onto. Uh, and so, yeah, there's, um, there's a lot of differences and, and I've read a little bit about the differences between how men and women even experience these things or deal with them. I think like with something like anxiety, a telltale sign is uh, more anger and aggression that men might mask those symptoms with. Um, again, not sure the science behind that or why, but that, that does seem to be, uh, one related, uh, expression of it. And then, yeah, for what what contributes to these mental health issues, there's again, there's there's so many things. It could just be your genetics. A lot of people, a lot of times, 
uh, it's in the family line. And, um, you know, I like to, if, if you doubt that or struggle with that idea as a Christian, even I like to think of, uh, what the Bible talks about, even with, uh, passing down generational sins or struggles. Uh, we're often dealing with a lot of the same temptations, the same struggles, the same weaknesses that we even saw in our own families uh, that are in our line. And so there's there's that, uh, there's trauma. Like I said, there's environmental situations that contribute to it. I know uh, during the pandemic and COVID, uh, that, was, that spurred on a lot of issues with addiction, mm-hmm. massive issues with addiction, yeah. massive issues with anxiety and depression. Um, people's own health and their, their personal health. If they're not taking good care of their physical bodies, they can experience depression and anxiety, uh, financial issues, work pressure, you know, carrying a lot of responsibility and burdens can all uh, contribute to these issues we experience. Yeah, we seem like the most anxious, stressed out generation that our country's probably ever seen. Yeah. Which is wild to me, right? When I think about you know, my grandparents going through the Depression and World War II, when I think about people who lived through the, the cultural upheaval of the 60s, mm-hmm. Vietnam, you name it, you know, and yet here we are, the 2020s, we have, I think, more anxiety, more stress than ever before. It's, uh, it's interesting. I, I, the Christian in me wants to say hey, a lot of that is just spiritual warfare, but there's also a lot of practical things. I think our screens yeah. are causing us a ton of stress. We get a constant cycle of news and the news sells and peddles fear for profit. Yep. So that's how they make their money. Uh, it's gotta be crazy news stories, crazy news headlines. I think social media, the comparison game that especially young people are playing today, it's ridiculous. It adds to stress and anxiety. How, how can men manage stress effectively Dan, I mean, there's just so much of it. We're, we're, we're so anxious. We're so stressed out. Yeah. Thoughts on that? Oh, man. I Yeah, so many things. And um, I think it's going to look different for everybody, but I know you can pull from a, a pool of resources uh, to begin, especially if you don't know whether it's stress or any mental health condition. F- first of all, if you're going through... Uh, what feels to you like something very complicated and severe. Uh, kind of like for me when I was dealing with OCD at its worst back in college, the first place, obviously, I opened up to somebody that I, I trusted and loved right away. That was huge because that just gets out what you're experiencing in the light. Uh, you got to do that in order to move forward. Uh, you're gonna, you, you can't just deal with it and, and shoulder it uh, longer. I know, I know you think you can, but you can't. Hmm. So first, opening up to somebody and then two, uh, again, especially if it's severe, I don't think it's only limited to severe cases. We, we, we all could benefit from counseling and that, and that's where I'm going with this is trying a therapist or a counselor, uh, looking for counselors near you and, and checking their specializations of what they deal with You know, mm-hmm. are they, mm-hmm. are they go- Do they treat a lot of patients with depression and anxiety? You know, do a little research, um, But yeah, especially if you have not talked about this much, you don't have a lot of self-awareness around it, you're not good at talking about this, uh, counseling and therapy is a great place to start. You got to get it out there and you got to learn about what you're experiencing. Um, And then coinciding with that is educating yourself. Uh, You know, you have to... (laughs) You have to know your enemy, um, so you got to know what you're up against. And so, learning about the condition is going to give you uh, so much fuel, motivation, and uh, you're not you're not going to be underprepared uh, to fight against it. 
And then, you know, number two, uh, exercise massively. Uh, whether your condition is severe or mild, I would just <laughs> recommend exercising vigorously. That's not going to take away necessarily the experiences in your head or, or make it, um, yeah, make it go away. I'm not saying that working out or playing sports or running is the cure, but you find that most of these people that do struggle, if they are also continuously moving their bodies, exercising in some form, uh, they do feel a lot better and it pays off. And I can speak to my own experience as I'm managing what I still experience. Uh, I've taken up uh, working out and, and, and eating well and having a healthy diet. And that has made my life a lot easier so that I can actually be better equipped to fight against what I experience on a daily basis. And so, yeah, with that, too, there's there's the health component. There is uh, uh, finding a diet that works well for you, uh, especially if you're exercising a lot. Your body's going to need some of that extra fuel, that protein, um, vegetables, whatever it is, um, and, and cutting out alcohol. <laughs> now, if you're dealing with substance use disorder and, and you're trying to cut out alcohol or a drug of choice and it just keeps coming back, hey, that's something to talk to your counselor about or maybe look into a rehab for. Um, so that goes along with the counseling thing. So cutting out alcohol uh, as much as you can. Um, making friends. <laughs> so I would say it's, it's, it seems like, I'm not going to speak for all men. I, I've, I've only heard a lot about the tendency that men have with maybe struggling to socialize or have deep community. Uh, I feel very fortunate and grateful that um, I do have really good support systems and people in my life. Uh, I think church plays a big role in that. And so, especially if you're a Christian, really leaning into your church community. If you're not, you know, join a sports league or whatever and <laughs> uh, get to know people. We, or if you're not a Christian, go to church anyway. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> Either way. Exactly. Um, and yeah, just, uh, man, lean into fellowship and friendship. It's such a gift from God uh, that we get to have people speak into us. Um, and then even more, I mean, I'm going to, I'm going to spiritualize a little bit more is even prayer. Um, this was something I really discounted in the beginning, uh, prayer and scripture. When I, when I was really struggling, I, I, I would say that I, uh, I didn't know or wasn't confident that God really I guess, cared or wanted to help me in this condition. I, I think I felt more judged rather than uh, cared for as I was going through this. That's, you know, those are lies, obviously. And so God has really worked in my life to show me the power of prayer. I mean, so much of uh, the commands to pray in scripture um, are indicating and highlighting your posture of need and dependence. The Lord's Prayer is all about what we need from God daily. We need Him to provide. Uh, we need Him to deliver us from temptation. Uh, it, so Jesus knows and understands that we have such great levels of dependence. And uh, that's a big thing I've learned from experiencing my own mental health issues is it has kept me humble. It is. It has revealed to me my own human nature. I have great need, and God loves to to fulfill those needs. And He sees you in your condition, in your depression, in your anxiety. He's not shaming you or telling you to get it together. He's saying, "Come to me, and and all you are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest." Um, I think so much about. Uh, so I, I learned all about the different treatment approaches uh, in my industry, and, and a lot of them are so helpful. They're great tools. 
I also recognize that I see so much of that in scripture. You know, a lot of people are taking up gratitude journals, uh, uh, practicing daily gratitude. And, and Paul says, be anxious for nothing, but in everything, give thanks. And so it is so good for your mental health to be thankful. It, it, Jesus's words are just so good for our mental health. And so if you don't think he cares about you, uh, you have the wrong perspective. Uh, and I'm so glad I was, my perspective was challenged and changed here because God is so good. And then I'm just going to add one more, Adam. I know I'm sharing like a massive list for you, but uh, <laughs> even something that I've been interested in learning about is all about the spiritual disciplines uh, for the Christian life. And so a lot of the popular spiritual disciplines that Christians have been doing for years um, involve prayer and scripture, obviously, but also practicing Sabbath. And I, I'm going to say this list and I don't actually <laughs> do a lot of these very well. So it's something I'm still trying to implement in my life. But practicing Sabbath, which that was a gift from God to us too, is one day of no working or striving. What that does for your mindset and mentality to just be, be with the people you love, mm -hmm. to just live, you get, we need rest. God intentionally took a day of rest, though he did not need it. And so that's a huge blessing. Uh, getting silence and solitude in your life, whether that's you just sitting, <laughs> you just sitting by yourself in a room in the quiet before the Lord, talking to him or not talking, but sitting in his presence, that's good for your mind. Going on a retreat, going out in the woods, whatever, and just where you we don't have as much noise. You know, there's yeah, there's so much benefit because like you said earlier, so much of the, the noise from technology and social media and TV, it's not it's not helpful for us to have that much information, that much interaction. Uh, so we need to intentionally figure out how we can root that out of our lives. And then even fasting, obviously, the more we starve ourselves of food um, or, you know, fasting from digital technology, whatever, um, the more we increase our dependence and our connection with God as well. And so I believe that those are even powerful tools that God can use to level your mind. And there, again, it doesn't completely replace getting help and identifying what you're going through, but uh, it shows that God is for you and that God cares about what you're going through. Uh, you are all getting a taste of Dan's teaching and preaching gift here. <laughs> Dan, that was awesome. I love that list. I'm gonna, I was taking mad notes, so I'm gonna try and put that into the, the podcast summary. Um, but yeah, so, and this doesn't even count what you said earlier in the first few minutes of service. So that could be another, yeah. I mean, yeah, we're true. talking, we've got like 10 to 12 different practical things that we could suggest to anybody out there who's struggling with some mental health issues. I uh, love that. Um, yeah, and I would I would add one more too. I mean, it can know it kind of coincides with exercise and and putting down the screens. But sometimes just get outside, go on a mm. walk, yeah. like let the sunshine hit you. Get some vitamin D, get some it's fresh air. That's a really good one. And I think COVID uh, a couple years ago hit us all really hard on a lot of these things you just mentioned. We were shut up in our homes. We were isolated. Our only companion was a was a screen. And we were constantly bombarded with bad news. I love what you said about reading the Bible too. I mean, reading the words of Jesus, fill your mind and your heart with a better story than the one on Fox News or CNN. <laughs> like all this gloom and doom. And hey, like 
we've read the end of the book, Christians. Not to spoil the ending too much, yeah. uh, Revelation, it's a good ending. It's a good, <laughs> like, Eden is restored, the new Jerusalem comes down from heaven, King Jesus is victorious over every enemy, he makes every evil, atrocious, unjust thing that's ever happened right again, he redeems it all, and we get to walk with him forever in a new body, in a new creation. That's where you're headed. Mm. And so when you fill your mind with like, oh, that's reality, that's my truth, like we say my truth mm-hmm. today so often, like that's the truth, mm-hmm. that's my story, um, that'll do a number on the ways that your uh, your mind is healthy or if you avoid those things, how it's unhealthy. Mm-hmm. What are some of the barriers then? So you just gave us this brilliant list, Dan, and you just, you preached on it, bro, I love it. Mm-hmm. What, why don't why don't we all do all these things? You know, what are what are the barriers that are preventing us from doing these things, or even from seeking some help when we're just struggling? Yeah. Well, I mean, it's because we we consume a lot of information subconsciously that we're not filtering out with truth, um, and and we also have I think. I you know I don't have data to prove it, but I would imagine that men in general are a little bit. Uh, I guess, harder on themselves, more silent about these things. And so that's why we have to orient our minds towards what is true. I would say a lot of it is these these societal expectations and these personal expectations. Maybe it's because your dad was this way or your grandpa was this way. Uh, and so you think that you have to be this way. Uh, they're, they're lies that we we tell ourselves. I, I pulled some I pulled some kind of, I guess, mental barriers, you could probably call it, uh, from a source online from the Priory Group. And, uh, you know, a lot of the reasons men don't find help is because, <laughs> I, I mentioned it earlier, they're, they're coasting, they're used to it. Uh, they've just learned to live like this. They've learned to, to walk around mildly depressed and not challenging their thinking or changing their habits. But, you know, it would take a lot of work for them to, to dive into that and figure out why they feel that way. And so, it's easier to just shoulder it and keep going. Um, and yeah. so that's that's not helpful. And then there's also the fear of embarrassment. I mm. mean, it, it's so sad that we have to fear that, that uh, it's embarrassing to have these things. If you have, haven't paid to the conversation much at all, mine or really the conversation that's going around the world with mental health, it's so common and more and more people are just mm. keep speaking up about it. Uh, and you'll find that when they do speak up about it, you don't judge them. You're you're thankful that they share. That touched a chord with you most of the time, and so sure. there's there's no need to be embarrassed about having this. We, you know, we all have a weakness that we carry, um, and I would say mental health issues. It's not a weakness. It's it's uh, reveals a human condition, hmm. and then you know there's also the lack of friendship. Uh, the and with the lack of friendship is a lack of being vulnerable with other people. And so if you have no community, if you have no support system, uh, you don't get that chance, the opportunity to express what's going on in your life and have somebody else carry that for you. And then there's the fear of being weak, um, as if, uh, like I said, as if having mental health issues made you inherently weaker than somebody else. Uh, and so we we think these thoughts about our condition and and then don't do anything about it and then we're stuck with it and so we never get help because we're not getting those thought processes challenged yeah yeah so you found a way to be pretty vulnerable i mean that's obvious from the last you know few minutes here the last half hour of what you're sharing how how would you advise men 
to overcome some of the societal expectations related to being vulnerable, related to emotional expression, related to opening up and, and finding some help. You know, finding a brother, finding a friend, finding somebody that you can kind of trust and saying, hey, yeah, I am not perfect. I'm struggling with some stuff. Here's what's going on in my thought life. Here's, here's how I'm feeling. This is what I'm battling. Yeah. How do you, how do you how do you find that level of vulnerability? How do you overcome the what society tells you to do? Yeah. Just man up and yeah. suck it up, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's um it's hard to, I feel to to answer that question. It's a little harder for me because my personality naturally is very expressive. So ironically, I I don't as much struggle to open up but i and so i understand also that a lot of men do struggle too and so i never like to force people to do what i do or do what other people do if that's not you but yeah. i will say that you you know your, your mental and emo- emotional health do depend on talking about it to some degree and so all you got to do all all you could at least start with is just finding one person just one person that you really trust, that you really love, a best friend, a bro for life, maybe your wife, <laughs> um, whatever. Sure. sure. And uh, just let them enter in. Take that risk. Uh, again, there's so much fear behind that vulnerability that you're going to be judged. But uh, the people that love you the most genuinely want to help you. And so, again, a lot of this is around challenging our notions about what we think is true. Uh, which is really taking care of your mental health is challenging those that ways of thinking and so finding just one person i think that you could talk to uh, is really really helpful uh for the rest of the world you know i would say that it's it's fortunate that therapy mental health all these things are getting more popularized getting more talked about um but i want to speak again to christian men uh, because that's kind of my heartbeat um is I want to, again, encourage everyone to revisit what the scriptures say. Uh, if you look at some of the heroes of the faith that the Bible even honors, King David, you, you know, he's a warrior and a poet. You yeah. read the Psalms, you're going to think, you're going to read some of those chapters and go, this guy was not mentally and emotionally well at times. And, and he had good reasons to, to not be, you know, he was being chased down. He was, there's a lot going on in his life, uh, but he wrote and journaled and wrote poetry and songs and, and sang those to God and lamented. Uh, that guy was a man in touch with his emotions. Mm-hmm. Job, you know, Job went through the ringer, the absolute ringer. He was a wealthy, influential, successful, honorable man of God uh, who publicly mourned and grieved and his friends couldn't tolerate the amount of grief and emotional expression he had. You know, there's 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 all these models in scripture that the messaging we're getting about not opening up is not true. I mean, uh, the Bible does not does not necessarily endorse that way of living and really even just so much of what it means to be in the church um, the church is the family of god and if you read so much of the commands in scripture to exhort one another daily to bear one another's burdens this isn't just bearing others burdens it's bearing one another's we are called to let people in and then and then we also help other people with theirs so it's it's a mutual interdependent relationship uh God cares so much about your flourishing, about your mind, your emotional experience, that he's given you these gifts. He's given you models. He's given you commands to let people in because that's what's going to help us. Um, and that's what, again, challenges our thinking, which is what we need. Um, and so, yeah, I guess with all of that, keeping in mind community and forming deep friendships, uh, that's going to really help you, I guess, be expressive to the extent that you need to be. Yeah. And I love that. And I'll just 
follow up with that and piggyback on it a little bit. I'm hearing, I'm hearing a lot of what you're saying is, is giving others permission to be vulnerable with you. So my challenge to any listeners out there who are like, well, you know, this is all well and good, but I don't really struggle with this. Okay, cool. Maybe you don't. There's, there's probably many of you out there who don't struggle. There's probably many of you out there who do struggle with this. If you're one of those guys who you're listening right now and you're like, yeah, I don't know if this applies to me. I'm not particularly anxious. Mm-hmm. I, I don't have any of the OCD stuff. I, you know, I don't battle depression, suicidal thoughts. I don't know. First thing I would say is be careful because there might come a time mm-hmm. in your life where this does mm-hmm. become a struggle and that's okay. And, and just put this advice in your back pocket for if and when you need it. But I will say what you can do right now, practically speaking, give other men around you permission mm. to come to you with their struggles. Be one of those dudes who uh, who's emotionally secure enough and is a good enough listener and asks good questions and just is a brother. Like, hey man, you need somebody ever to talk to you about your stuff? You got me. Or hey man, I heard through the grapevine that you're, you might be going through some stuff. You and your family are on hard times. Can I pray for you? And then how else can I help you practically? What else do you need? Uh, so just being there for other people. If you're not in the trenches right now with mental health, bless you. That's mm-hmm. awesome. Mm-hmm. You know, Praise God. That's cool. But look around you. Who could you text today? that you're listening to and say, hey, some of this reminds me of some of my bros. Some of this reminds me of my dad or my son or my friends at church or my coworkers. Like, be an encourager to them and be like King David for them a little bit. Like, hey, you got you got a, a guy right here yeah. with two listening ears. I'll help you. Uh, yeah. If there's an enemy to fight that you feel like you're facing alone, you don't have to face that alone. So I'll just throw that out there because mm. I love what you're saying about everything else, Dan, it's it's so good. I just know there's some guys out there who might be tempted to think, eh, this really isn't my struggle. And I would say, just like I said, be careful. It might be someday. Yeah. And secondly, it probably is for guys you know. How can mm. you help them? Yeah, that's spot on. What, uh, what resources are available for men seeking mental health support? Uh, again, I know you're not like a clinically yeah. trained expert, but I bet you got a, a list of resources yeah. that you could share. Yeah, I mean, if you're, if you're uh, a church folk, uh, obviously maybe look at talking to a pastor or a mentor or, or counselor you have in our church at, at Mercy Hill. I know we have uh, kind of a dedicated counselor and through, he runs the Celebrate Recovery program. And so a lot of churches also use Celebrate Recovery, which is a good program for helping people through substance yeah. use, uh, anxiety, mental health, whatever. Any kind of addiction. Yeah. Any kind of addiction. Yeah. Um, so yeah, check check to see if you guys have a counseling program. Uh, if not, talk to your pastor. Um and then if you are ready to step into counseling, um, literally, I mean, I just used Google to find mine. <laughs> and so uh, you can you can search something like, you know, mental health counselor near me, depression counselor, you know, therapist, whatever near me, um, scan through the list, go to the sites, check the staff to see if they specialize in what you specialize. If they seem like the kind of person that you want to meet with, they usually have a bio so you can read about it. And then you can also check and verify your insurance with them. Um, so that way you can know that you can afford it. And if not, just keep, keep looking around. Uh, you know, people have good and bad experiences with counselors. Sometimes they work, sometimes they don't, uh, you know, don't give up the pursuit just because you're not finding the perfect one. Um, 
And then, you know, if you're also, if you don't want to go check in anywhere, there's online therapy, uh, apps like BetterHelp. Uh, BetterHelp's kind of cool just because uh, they give you like a questionnaire when you download the app of what you're all looking for, what you're looking for help for, if there's a certain approach that you need, if you're Christian or not, whatever. Uh, It really dials into search and then offers and recommends therapists to you that might be a good fit for you. It's a little bit more affordable. Um, and then again, depending on the severity of where you're at, uh, don't be afraid to check into treatment somewhere. Uh, you can find uh, a treatment option for you on recovery.com. Um, and so, yeah, that there's, there's a lot of options and I would also just continue to encourage you to, to read, <laughs> to read and search. I, Google what you're going through is as weird as that might be. And just educate yourself. You're going to get all the information you need, um, and, and read books about it, read articles, all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing, Dan. Thank you for those resources. All right. Let's, uh, let's do this. Um, last question for you. How can someone listening support? I I ranted on this a little bit, but I want to hear your thoughts. How can I support a male friend or family member struggling with mental health issues? Yeah. Yeah. Actually the example that you gave made me think of something, um, regarding kind of giving, giving your brother some space, uh, to, to talk, to think, to process. Um, I watched a great clip online. Uh, if you've ever heard of the comedian Theo Vaughn, <laughs> it's not, he's, uh, Theo Vaughn. Theo Vaughn. Yeah. Okay. He's kind of a wild card. He's a wild guy, but, um, <laughs> it, 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 it showed up on my Instagram feed and he was, uh, he was doing a podcast interview with a UFC fighter, Sean Strickland. And so this guy is, um, it's a tough guy, obviously. He's in the UFC. He's a warrior. <laughs> and <laughs> yep. uh, something came up in their interview. I didn't watch the whole thing. It was just this one clip of uh, Sean started tearing up while he was talking about his abusive father. And uh, the way that he, he, he was choked up so much, he couldn't continue what he was saying on, you know, on this interview in front of Theo. And uh, this comedian, you, you think he might make light of the situation. He actually said, it's all right, brother, I'll, I'll give you a moment. And he just let his friend there cry and process that really powerful emotional moment. He didn't try to uh, change how, how he was feeling or fix what he was feeling. He just gave him that space uh, to get to get it out, man. And I don't think anybody, anybody doubts uh, that UFC fighter for being weak. Uh, <laughs> he just he just needed a moment to, pro- yeah. to process something. And that's really all, all you can do sometimes, especially if, if you don't know what your friend is experiencing. You don't have to know all about it. You don't have to have answers for it. Uh, I mean, I struggle with that sometimes too. People come up to me and open up about stuff and I feel like I have to fix it or uh, say something encouraging. <laughs> and yeah. I get I get that stuck in my head, but a lot of times people just need someone to process to. Um, and so you're, you're doing a great service to your friend if, if you can do that. Um, and then a, another thing too I think of, it's, it's, it's really all just about being there uh, for people, uh, staying involved in that friend's life. If you know that, that they are prone to depression, prone to anxiety, especially if they're prone, like, yeah, especially if they're prone to depression too, and, the, and they have a tendency to withdraw and stop communicating, isolating themselves, do not stop reaching out to that person. Mm. Be an annoying friend, keep <laughs> texting them to hang out, checking in, even if they seem unresponsive or rude, you know, Put a wall between you and that. That's not, you know, don't let that in. You're, 
you just stay persistent at them yeah. and know that, that, hey, they're just not in a great place right now. I, I don't expect them uh, to be the, the, you know, the, the best friend right now. I'm going to be a good friend to them because that's what they need. Um, and so, yeah, you know, don't personalize it. Show them consistent love and friendship. Pray for them and with them. That's going to encourage them. Uh, encourage and normalize them getting help, you know, tell them to, to search for something, keep reminding them, like, you don't have to do this alone, you know, finding things to do with them, whether it's hiking or getting coffee or exercising, um, just let, just basically staying as involved in their life as you can. You don't have to fix their problems. You just got to be with them. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, last, you know, last word about it is just, just be gracious, be gracious and patient. Uh, it's really difficult managing this stuff on your own. Even if you have a support system, you just, it is a process of patience and uh, the Lord wants to deliver them from that and your love can make a huge impact. So stay present. Yeah. Okay. I want to, I, I want to do this. I want to share a couple stories from my own experience. And then I want to ask you one last question to take yeah. us out. Y you're right. Um, I just recently had coffee with a guy who kind of unloaded on me for about an hour, hour and a half. He's going through some, just, it's it's bad. I don't want to go into the detail. Mm -hmm. I, I don't want to betray his trust, but it's a tough spot that he's in. And uh, and I listened, I asked a few questions. And then I at the end, you know, I kind of got into like fix it mode. I'm like, okay, so mm -hmm. what can I do to help? And he very wisely said, I just needed someone I could talk to. Yeah, Like what you did here for the last hour and a half, That was, if we can do this again in a month or mm -hmm. so, that'd be great. But that's it. That's all I needed today. Thank you for listening. Mm. So I was humbled. I was like, really? Like I just, I listened. I maybe asked two or three questions and he just talked the whole time. Mm. It's like, that was helpful. It was really helpful. I could tell by the look in his eye and the way he left the coffee shop as opposed to the way he came in. Yeah, we just need to sometimes someone mm. to talk to. So be willing to be that someone for other people. And if you're going through it, be willing to find somebody that you can be vulnerable with. I remember for me, this worked wonders about 10, 11 years ago. Uh, I was, I, I don't know if I've gone into de de any detail with this, but I was kicked out of a church, excommunicado, like the real deal, escorted out by the ushers in front of the congregation. Humiliating, embarrassing, thought my, you know, thought my career was over in, in the ministry and, um, it just sucked. Um, my name was on the blacklist for sure. 100, 150 people in the church or so. Not a huge church, but it was it was rough. Well, a guy from that church invited us over for tacos, our, invited our family. I walked in feeling like the biggest loser in the world, feeling like my career is shot, my vocation, all my dreams, everything's gone to hell. Like, who the hell am I even? I was in a dark place. And uh, he, we just sat down. He got me some food, got me a drink. He sat down and he used more colorful language than this, but I'll just, I'll just make it more PG. He sat down, looked me in the eye, took a big breath and said, dude, what the heck? Like, I'm so, so how are you? I'm so sorry. And, and I, that I just lost it. Like I, 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 you know, I, I lost it in that moment, but that's what I needed. I needed a friend to call me over to his house and just say, what the heck? even if he used a different word, but uh, it made me feel like I had someone who cared for me, who cared about me and was willing to listen to my side of the story. Um, but yeah, that's huge. I also know a guy who is now a therapist. He's a, mm. he's a counselor. When he was going to school, he, 
in college, he struggled with a number of health disorders. I mean, he was anorexic even. The dude was riddled with a lot of different things, which is why he wanted to go into psychology and become a counselor and help people. But he remembers hitting the books really hard and feeling stressed out, feeling anxious for his exams. And uh, he's outside on a beautiful day. He's trying to read his Bible and pray, and he cannot shake this stress and anxiety and these dark thoughts in his head. And over like 50 yards this way, guys are playing basketball. And he's thinking, he almost prays. He's like, Lord, I just wish those guys would stop. Like, I need a quiet, I need to pray. I need to fix my mind. And he felt the Holy Spirit nudge him and said, put the books down, go play some basketball. Like, you love basketball. When's the last time you played basketball? He's like, it's been years. So he went and go played basketball for about an hour or two, got his sweat on, came back to the picnic table where his books were. He said he felt like a new person. And so to your point, exercise. Sometimes yeah. we overthink yeah. it. Yeah. Like I need to, you know, I need to fix it in my head. Yeah. I need to fix something mentally by doing something mentally. Sometimes you need to fix it by doing something physically. Like yeah. when is the last time you worked up a really good sweat? Mm. A lot of you out there, it's been a while. So I, I would encourage you, go get into a flop sweat. It does wonders for your mental health. Mm -hmm. And then do that regularly, minimum three times a week. Work yourself into a, a sweaty, huffing, puffing, <laughs> tired. Like Your mindset will improve, I promise you. It's not like a magic pill. There is no mm -hmm. easy button, but it will help you, I promise. So those are my stories. Yeah. I just want to ask you, Dan, what gives you hope as you continue to... Like, right, we're not perfect yet. You said you still you still sometimes struggle, mm -hmm. right? These these ugly things rear their heads sometimes. Mm -hmm. So what gives you hope in the midst of it? Yeah, I I would say that God cares so much about me and that he cares so much about what I go through and that it's not minimized to him at all. You know, I don't you can't expect anyone to understand what you're going through. That's okay. Uh, God sees you and he has so much compassion on you. And so when I'm, when I'm uh, struck again, once again, with the anxieties, uh, any of my struggles, I go to God, I feel seen by him. I press on and you just keep going. And so that is, that has been a huge hope giver for me the last year. That's beautiful. I hope that encourages you guys, Dan. I'm so grateful for you. I'm grateful for your vulnerability. I'm grateful for the the sense of community and brotherhood you bring to our church family. And, uh, and just grateful for you being willing to be on this podcast. Thank you for sharing today. Thanks, Adam. Thanks, Adam.